so, okay, unsurprisingly, I got sick over the holidays. That's what happens to me. Woohoo! So while I was prepping for this episode, I started, was like, like the day I started getting sick was the first time I watched it. And I got four minutes into it and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. I am so tired. So I ended up like sleeping the rest of the day. No big deal. Well, that night, my husband brought me some cold medicine and he goes, hey, uh, did you know that you had the nighttime cold medicine this morning? I was like, (laughs) oh, that's why I was so tired. Not because this episode was boring in some way. I was just (laughs) drugged. Okay. But I'm finally feeling better. I'm sorry if um, you hear me sniffing throughout the episode and we can't cut it out. It just happens that way sometimes. We took such an unplanned break just due to the circumstances between our recordings. I mean, they're always going to be in the time machine, but like extended time machine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And between viewings of this episode I, I i binge watched so so many things and i was like oh no how am i gonna switch gears again but then re-watching this episode i was like oh no this is the best and i can't wait and i hope i wrote them all down but there were so many times that they they weren't referencing a past episode but they referenced something that came up in a past episode but they created plot holes like three different times doing that <laughs> to the point where I was just like, oh, we're just being trolled by the writers who don't think that we're going to pay this close attention. I did catch a couple of back references. One definitely that didn't make sense. Yum. None of, yeah, none of them made sense. They just kept saying things off the cuff that I was like, that directly does not correspond to what we already know, given past episodes. Um, It's hilarious, and I can't wait. Well, in the writer's defense, I probably didn't realize it when I was watching it the first time around. Oh, no. And it's a really fun thing for them to do. Yeah. I I fully appreciate it, but just um, the way that we ingest it now and the the knowledge that I have at the forefront of my mind (laughs) about the past episodes... It, it made it enjoyable for me as well. So I'm I'm excited. My biggest kind of like downfall to this episode is oh no. that, and and maybe I'm just like being sensitive to it for some reason, but I don't love the way they make the SBP seem like they don't know how to do their jobs in this episode. I thought, and and just to play devil's advocate on it. I know exactly what you mean, and I thought of it as the way people take advantage of the bureaucratic red tape. Yeah. Um, it's like if, if, if everything that they were told and were presented with was true, their hands would have been tied. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing that gave the criminals in this instant a leg up. Uh, should we start the show, Kay? It's showtime. This is To the Blueberry! I am Alexis and I am a real life Gus. I'm Kaylee and I'm the real life Sean. And this is a psych rewatch podcast if you haven't figured that out. Kaylee and I as real life best friends decided we needed a good reason to, um, you know, talk to one another once a week. So that's our podcast. (laughs) This episode is season three, episode four. The greatest adventure in the history of basic cable. And y'all, it is. (laughs) (laughs) There's like some really classic treasure hunt slash like map traveling in this episode that I adore. Love it so much. I forgot so many of the finer details and I'm so glad that like I got to watch this so many times in the past couple of weeks. We start this episode not in our traditional flashback, but... Instead, with a kind of bottom text that says, Monday, 8.15 p.m. And it's black and white camera feed footage of uh, our, our gentleman and Henry in an interrogation room on a, one side of the table, twiddling their thumbs. Henry just looked at them and said, don't 
say a word. Fergulous. What? <laughs> oh, I see two weeks ago we were playing Scrabble and it wasn't a word. But now that it's a word because it's convenient for you. <laughs> I just wrote now versus Scrabble. Um, <laughs> we, we get that there's some tension um, they're not ready for Sean to break it with his jokes because Gus has lost a $200 shoe and Henry almost got his skull fractured, which they never go back to. They don't. But in my second watching, I figured out when how it happens. he hurt his head. Because I, I missed it. I had no idea when it happened the first time I around. I think I know how, but they don't explain it in detail. So I'm just like grasping at straws. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Um. Henry says he's been on the other side of this table often enough that he knows you only tell them what they need to know. All right? Because they haven't done anything wrong. They haven't they haven't broken any laws. They're, the laws have changed so much in the past that Sean's not exactly sure if they have broken any laws. For example, did you know that it's now illegal to give a perm to a possum? <laughs> the music sting when Henry says no laws have been broken and the boys... <laughs> um, committed silence is hilarious to me i guess gus is concerned that they inter impersonated priests. priests and sean says we were professors which they were by the way yeah we'll get there too yeah. all <laughs> right this is told in a series of mini flashbacks because the present is not monday at 8 15 p.m this is a flashback to like the previous evening and we'll get Further flashbacks to the previous day. It's a whole thing. So stick with us. I have most of yeah. it marked. We're going to go back and forth a lot. But uh, in come Chief Vic, Lassiter, and Juliet. And, um, you know, Sean is being the smart aleck that he is. And Chief Vic just goes, cut the crap. Where's the gold? Yeah, she deadass says, like, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> and... Lassie tries to come in hot, and Jules is just posing at this point. We'll, we'll hear it from her later. Um, and Sean is like, uh, don't I get a phone call or something? <laughs> How about just one text? I just need to text back, LOL, BRB. I thought it was OMG. Oh, it might be OMG. I didn't know. <laughs> it was uh, middle schoolish, But she says, yes, where's the gold? And Henry says, it's just not that simple. In order to understand this, we have to go back about 20 years, which is, in fact, the the text that we get at the bottom of the screen for our next scene. About 20 about years ago. About 20 years ago. <laughs> we are in a classroom, and there is a handsome fellow holding court in front of a group of children. I just wrote that he's um, BSing them about the pirate Bouchard. This is Uncle Jack. But his name tag says... Sean's dad. <laughs> Before we move on, let's address Uncle Jack because he is our guest star in this episode. His name is Steve Weber. Yes. We were talking about it before the episode and I was like, I know him from Wings, but I can't really think of anything else. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, you, you'll know his face vaguely. Um, but yeah, he does like he does bit parts. He does um, mini arcs. He had like a, a, a three episode thing on SVU. So so he's a, he's someone that you would know and plays Uncle Jack so well. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't play Sean's dad super well in this scene, but we'll go on. <laughs> we find out that this treasure of Pirate Bouchard um, was Spanish gold. Yeah, and so Bouchard was a French guy obsessed with Spanish gold. He also had a thing about the um, the local indigenous peoples in, in California. Before we get fully into, uh, I almost called him Captain Jack. Uncle oh my Jack. gosh. Can we please call him Captain Jack in this episode? <laughs> yes, because it'll happen accidentally. Um, I love it. So before we get fully into Captain Jack, we get a little bit of Sean's depressing classmate who's like, Man, I'm glad my dad didn't come. Your dad's so cool. I don't even know what a manager of debt consolidation does, <laughs> except drinking. And I was Aww. like, who is this not Gus scarred for life's trauma baby? Like, <laughs> oof. So this is our second episode with no little Gus. 
That did just happen. It feels like forever we ago. just, I know, because we recorded it four weeks ago. Daredevil. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, there was not Gus in the fir- that, that episode, and then there's not Gus in this episode. Now, the character's name was not, not Gus in this episode. It was like boy in classroom, but still. <laughs> so I'm wondering, and of course I'm probably never going to know, but I'm wondering if they're... Is like there was some sort of like issue going on with little Sean or with little Gus at this point, and so they had to replace him with another kid, but they didn't want to like make that a kid permanently, so they just kept changing the other kids. I don't know. That's the stuff my brain thinks about when I'm like in the shower. I'm like, <laughs> what happened to little Gus? Okay, so um, some people think he may have been gone. He may have been driven crazy by syphilis, um, but Jack believes that this. The Spanish gold exists. And he dumps out his rucksack to prove it. And it's like all of these gold coins everywhere. And then enter Henry. I just wrote, uh-oh, Henry. And then <laughs> lies! Exclamation point. Because he kind of outs Sean and Captain Jack to Sean's new teacher, who he decided to pull one over on, apparently. Because Jack didn't tell Henry that he was coming into town. Just to make sure that this all worked out for little Sean. Henry was like, I hate to break it to you guys, but he's not a real treasure hunter, and that is not real gold. And Captain Jack owns up. He's like, he's right, guys. It's not real gold. But it is real chocolate. Ah. <laughs> and he just like, the kids, like lose it at their the crap. children. <laughs> yeah. And lastly interjects here. He's like, WTF, Spencer. Like, why do <laughs> I have to What does this have this? to do with the gold? <laughs> John goes... Relax, Lacidophilus. We're getting there. And I just love the name Lacidophilus. I had to stare at it significantly to make sure I could say it, but Lacidophilus. I didn't even catch it. I love, I love the Lacidar names. <laughs> so we flash back to last night. Apparently our gentlemen were out to a movie with Henry. Um, it was Sunday at 10.20 p.m. Thank you. And um, they're headed back to Henry's house talking about how Henry fell asleep for an hour and then woke up and asked all these questions and um that's why he didn't like the movie very much did did we catch what movie it was <laughs> no okay i i got the are you telling me i just spent eight dollars for you to take a nap and then gus goes i paid for that movie <laughs> of course he did but then we're like whoa 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 someone with a flashlight is creeping around the inside of henry's dark house guys but don't worry because henry is prepared he has a stun gun in the birdhouse. Like the kind with a trigger. Like a trajectory one, yeah. <laughs> and Okay, so fun fact, fun fact. Mm. Um, so technically speaking, a stun gun has the, the trajectory part of it, the launching part mm-hmm. of it. And that which you would like just someone with is called a taser. And there's a difference. And I know this because on the campus that I used to work at, you could have tasers, but you couldn't have stun guns, and so we had to figure out the difference. They're used interchangeably in conversation because when my father-in-law bought me my taser, he called it a stun gun, and he was very yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely see him, like, just being pumped about that. I love it. Okay, sorry. The things we learned. Stanchion. Okay, so Gus wants to call the cops. Yeah, but... Henry and Sean are going to sneak around the house from different angles and meet inside. So somehow, Henry ends up on the top floor and is coming down the stairs with his stun gun. And Sean is coming through the first level of the house with a wooden paddle. And (laughs) his pose is very impressive. Then Sean sees the penny and screams, stop! And like, the lights come on just as... um, Gus rushes through the front door with a hose, yelling. Ah! What, were you going to give him a high colonic? Oh, God. That, that line haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> when we do get to see Captain Jack, he is um, at the, like, the coffee, um, table. coffee table in the living room. Just kind of, Kneeling like, being near it. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sean was like, oh, man, I knew it was you as soon as I saw the penny. And That's a 1959. It's the first edition they used the Lincoln Memorial on. We get a lot of penny facts in this episode. So the things you can learn. 
Gus comes running in with the garden hose, and then um, Uncle Jack is super excited, and he stands up and hugs Gus, because Gus is also super pumped to see Captain Jack. This is where we get my first note about things that don't hold up to scrutiny from past episodes, because they're reminiscing about all those times um, that Captain Jack used to come to town and take the boys to the ponies. And Gus says, yeah, I was the only nine-year-old who knew what a trifecta was. I'm sorry, boys. None of you mentioned knowing what a trifecta was in the horse race murder episode. <laughs> My notes literally say, star, 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 star. Let's talk about the racing episode here. <laughs> star, 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 star. <laughs> uh, and in that episode, we learned that Henry had been trying to drag the boys to the ponies for years to, to sharp it up their observation skills or at least Sean's mm -hmm. and so no. yeah no the the writers are having fun with us here they just like yep. don't care and they're like ha 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 <laughs> Uncle Jack brought them presents they were quote-unquote excavated at Machu Picchu I dug them up myself Henry sees that the bottom of his bowl has the remnants of a tag Sticker, price sticker thingy. Also, the last time they heard from Uncle Jack, it's been a while, was when he emailed from Prince um, Albert's yacht in the Maldives. But he can't really talk about it because he signed an NDA. <laughs> the boys are playing with their masks. Henry's asking how he got in. And uh, Captain Jack is like, oh, I, I have a key. Henry doesn't give out keys. Not even Sean has a key. Uh, Sean definitely made a copy of a key. And it was when I was hooked on Wow Wow Wubsy on Noggin. Oh, I also stole toilet paper from you for a year and a huge box of sports. <laughs> Sorry, I had to keep going in my notes. You just, you just love to say the word spork. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jack tells us that he's back because he wants the boys to help him find Bouchard's treasure. They are pumped. And Henry is like, guys, that's a hoax. It does not exist. Uh, he says it's a pipe dream. And Sean says he's a dream killer. <laughs> Don't listen to him, Uncle Jack. He's a dream killer. Uncle Jack says, that's all well and good, Henry. Then why do I have proof in the form of the map? I think that Uncle Jack is a... Narcissist? Thank you. <laughs> My brain kept saying charmer, and I kept going, that's not the right word. Did I get it right? But, okay. yes. But without question, like, he uses his charm to help himself, and he thinks that he's smarter than everyone else. Oh, Yeah. Like, in a, different, in a different episode, Uncle Jack might be the murderer. In fact, he might be a serial killer. Ooh, ooh. So, yeah, I, I mean... Went, I went deep there. That, that's okay. I have, a, uh, I have a, uh, an article that I like to refer back to. It, it talks about, like, six different kinds of narcissists and how most of them are, like, mostly harmless, but, you know, toxic people. Um, and I think that this episode does a good job of showing us where Sean toes the line. You know, because we get we get another like mention of his grandpa later on and we know his grandpa was fun. He was all about the moment, you know, really like living in it, listening to people, being about that. And we see the dark side of that with Uncle Jack and we see the, the, the spin away from it with Henry. And we kind of see how Sean kind of toes the line there. Yeah, I somewhere early in my notes, I wrote like I want to talk about how. Sean is a very nice mixture of the men in his lives. Yeah, yeah, like the playfulness of Uncle Jack, but the diligence of Henry and the and the heart and soul of his grandpa, for whom people were the focus of Grandpa Spencer. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty beautiful. I love it. I like it. <laughs> okay, so opening credits, and then back to the Santa Barbara Police Department. This time, it's Monday night at 9.45 p.m. at the Santa Barbara Police Department. And Juliet and Lassiter are standing on the backside of the two-way mirror, and Juliet goes, why do I feel like he can see us? And then we, we pull out on the camera enough to see Sean standing right in front of them at the two-way glass, just like creepily chipmunking, <laughs> smiling in his way in. And then following Lassiter's hand while Lassiter is moving. And then there's some guy in the corner in a suit who's just sort of listening to the room. I call him suit. So for do I. The rest of the episode. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. I think it's because Sean refers to him as a suit at one point. Yes. And so he's yeah. suit and cronies later on. And then we get Mark and cronies later on. So we've got, we've got some cronies happening. 
It's great. Mark and cronies became thugs. Ooh. In my notes. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, they are. We don't have to worry about, like, an epithet. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sean, they walk back in and Sean goes, who's the suit? When are we going to find out the deal with the suit guy in there? Thank you. Okay. Then we flash back, because he's still telling a story, to Sunday. And Uncle Jack, or Captain Jack, is filling us in on the myth uh, story of the pirate thing. So we're getting the full Bouchard um, treatment again in Henry's living room. My notes here are very confusing, so you might have to help. I've got November 1818. Bouchard sailed up and down the California coast looking for treasure. They went through a battle in Santa Barbara... And somebody made off with the Spanish gold coins, but then the ship was wrecked. Okay, so here's the timeline I got. First, they looted the Monterey mission. Second, they were repelled at the San Juan Capistrano. And then they made landfall in Santa Barbara, where they did battle with the Spanish and the Chumash Native Americans of California. That's what it was. Um, and Bouchard... You did much better than me. <laughs> That's because I was like, we probably should remember this because it kind of leads us on our <laughs> treasure hunt. Uncle Jack says Bouchard's treasure was said to be in the millions when his boat was sank and he probably stashed it somewhere before that happened. He also said that Bouchard is a fan of hiding clues. And he got this map in Argentina. Henry's like, I thought you said you were in... Peru at Machu Picchu? Machu Picchu? For some reason, I almost said Acapulco, and I was like, that's not right. But Henry's basically trying to poke holes going, which was it? Which was it? Which was it? What's your story? Huh? Huh? And uh, Uncle Jack just doesn't answer the question and looks at the boys and goes, you want to be treasure hunters? And they are in. I just wrote, the gents are in. Oh. Sean said... Are you kidding me? That's like asking me if I want my own jetpack or if I've ever wanted a koala bear. Yes, yes. The answer Both is of yes. them are completely in. Um, yes. <laughs> but Jack says, yeah, and it's great that you're doing the psychic thing now. I think that'll really be a like, leg up for us. So he's fully acting as a believer in Sean's ability. And Sean kind of hymns and haws. And he's like, don't doubt yourself, my boy. Didn't I always tell you that you were going to do great? So then it's um, Monday morning at 9.15. Oh, before we move on, Uncle Jack tells the boys that he will split the gold 50-50 with them. And Gus is like, you mean after we donate most of it to the museum? Yeah, we're totally on the same brain wing. The first thing we need to do is get matching fedoras. Gus is like... Sean, it was your idea to get matching fedoras. Yeah, but you wanted the yellow gauchos. Oh, Henry... Would you please put me in a separate room from these idiots? I will tell you everything. Jewel says, can we please just keep going? (laughs) The boys are supposed to meet Uncle Jack at the mission for their first stop. It's Monday, 9.15 a.m. I have 10.15 a.m., but I bet you're right, because I classically get numbers wrong. (laughs) I don't don't know how. It's on the screen, Alexis. Yeah, Yeah. I probably got it wrong. Uh, We're in front of the mission, and uh, Gus... Sean said, Gus and I could barely contain our excitement. And then we see Gus trip. And Sean said, I contain mine a little better. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that become an opening credit scene at some point? Ooh, Them running you know, up the steps and Gus tri- tripping. Probably next season. We'll have to keep Watch an eye for out. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Uncle Jack's doing the penny thing at the door of the mission. And he's like, listen, follow my lead. Whatever I say, just go with it. And the people inside welcome them as professors. Carol Raven, the historical lady, is what I wrote. Because <laughs> I didn't write them the whole Nice. Thing. While they're being introduced, we see these kind of three, I call them the thugs. I call them toughs in the scene. Yes. There are toughs they're by the candles. Kind of just standing around. I think one of them's like lighting a candle. Everything's okay. And um, Uncle Jack does a very Sean thing. Hmm? And he said... I am Abnor Espinosa, and these are my compatriots. Ernesto <sighs> Agapito Garcias Conirade Abelar. This is and Juan Priestley. <laughs> oh, I see where you got the priest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Sean, when he gets introduced as Juan Priestley, he's so angry. His face. No. It's just like. he was No, he was blue stealing it. Because Jason Priestley from... 
from 90210. <gasps> oh! <laughs> I didn't think he was upset. I took... I took a totally different mark on that, but yours makes so much more sense. I thought he was mugging like a pretty boy. <laughs> Fade back in. They are going to go check out the most prized pieces of the collection. And I just wrote weird yes. Because yes. <laughs> Gus and Sean both do this weird pseudo Spanish yes. So I don't remember what the show is called. Is it Fantasy but... Island? The plane, the plane. That's yes. all I could think of whenever <laughs> I heard that. And I was like, I think that's the same thing. I Fantasy thought, Island. That's okay. exactly what it was. I never watched it, but that's kind of what I thought the reference might be. I'm I'm like uh, like in the high 70% sure. His name was Tattoo? Tattoo, yes. Okay. Anyway, um, they, Uncle Jack says hurry. we got to book it because the real Espinosa will be here at any point. We, uh, He was one of my partners. We had a great partnership until... Until I had a small dalliance with his wife, and his sister, and his housekeeper, Debbie. Captain Jack says, they're looking for something to do with the number 152, uh, based on his research. And they're going to be in this room, um, because of the collection, I guess? Um, but there's one thing that Uncle Jack had not shared with the boys yet. And that's that he is missing part of the map. Like the top right corner of the map. My, my next line says, quote, a one-legged woman and a bottle cutty shark. Oh, yeah. It's a long story. It involves a one-legged woman and a bottle of cutty shark. There we go. <laughs> so then um, Sean proceeds to psych out to uh, impress Uncle Jack. And he, he sees all these letters that are standing out from the other letters in the words on the map. And he gets the word couleurs. Cool couleurs. <laughs> and I forget who says it, but it's it's paint in French. It, yes, it's a it's a French word for color or paint. And they're like, Oh, there's paintings over there. Sean while while Gus is looking through the paintings, Sean pretends to psychically find the painting of Burchard. And while he's doing that, he goes, Where did you hide that clue, you old syphilitic sea dog? <laughs> And he realizes it's the lighthouse because in the painting, Bouchard is pointing at the lighthouse. Well, he's holding a telescope in his hand and the telescope is sort of, it's subtly pointing to the lighthouse in the corner. So then all we see is they end up at the ruins of this old lighthouse and it's got a plaque on it that says California landmark number 152. It is Monday at 11.25 a.m. And um, they just start running because the thugs are here and they're shooting at them. Yeah, there there was no second clue. They didn't really get to stick around. Um, it's now Tuesday at 2.30 a.m. The suit man is on the phone speaking in another language. And Lassie tells Sean to tell the chief, he's just brought her in the room apparently, what Sean just told them. And Sean says, <clears throat> we're really, really hungry. <laughs> and then he asks for burritos. From which... that place on Coda Street. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but Coda Street comes back later, um, based on the map. That Does shows, it? shows where our boys actually are later on. Oh, this is where we get Chief going, okay, Mr. Spencer, let me be Frank. As long as I can be Dean and Gus can be Sammy. Why do I have to be Sammy? All right, fine. He can be Sammy, and you can be Joey Bishop. <laughs> Chief's face during the scene, the rage in her face, and then Jules just smacks her hand down on the table and gives that tough love, and she's like, I'm the only person here who even wants you to be in the clear here, so you've really got to work with me. And she just goes off, and he just goes, that was so hot. <laughs> Sean thinks Fiery Juliet is hot. That's, in fact, what I wrote. Yes. Um, <laughs> apparently the thug guys are Jack's partners and they found our trio found hiding in a cabin. Yeah. Monday, 2 p.m. Yeah. Henry tells us that Jack always has partners. So <laughs> it's Monday, 2 p.m. And we get partner introduced as Mark. Um, and he's big mad, like big, big mad. I don't know why you guys went to partner college, but I'm pretty sure that you aren't supposed to shoot your partners. 
And then um, Jack tries to BS Mark. Mark's not buying it. He doesn't care that Sean's a psychic, that he's going to help them find the treasure, that it's all a big misunderstanding. And then this is the other one I was thinking of using because Sean just goes, oh, psychic things are happening to me. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) We get a beautiful flashback here of Sean remembering that one of the thugs was lighting a candle uh, for the patron saint of pregnant women at the mission. And he says, man, don't worry. Your girlfriend and the baby, they're going to be fine. That's when they're like, what? But it doesn't matter because the thugs want the map. And they're ready to punch Uncle Jack again. I wrote, give Mad Mark the map, man. (laughs) Sean's just like, fine. Just wait. And he tells him where where to find it. And then very, very loudly said to Gus, should we tell Mark that there's a tear in the map? And then we get Lassie coming through with, wait, 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 wait. I can't believe, were you really, did you really just tell them everything? And we get a little nom nom scene back at the SBPD at like 3 a.m. Because they're eating burritos. Eating burritos. Um, and, and Sean's like, oh, yeah, actually, well, mostly. I, I mostly told them everything. I may have sort of sent them off in the wrong direction. The spirit world is just one of life's little mysteries. Like why the Oxygen Network airs Goodfellas and why fools fall in love. Gus uh, slaps his hand away as he sneakily tries to reach for what I can only assume are nachos. Yep. And Chief Vic comes in with a shoe for Gus because as we heard earlier, he lost his $200 shoe. Sorry, Mr. Guster. This is all that we had in your size in the Lost and Found. And it's a single Ugg boot. And Gus is like... I can't wear an Ugg boot with my one Puma. Actually, this will look dope with my one Puma. (laughs) Based on Chief's face. (laughs) Chief said, okay, Mr. Spencer, and then just kind of stopped. And she was like, oh, I meant the older. Sorry, old. No, less um, handsome. handsome? Less. Less less friends on Facebook. Less nose, says Henry. (laughs) Ooh, we get an ooh from Sean. <laughs> I wanna, I want that to be an ad lib from Corbin Burnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to know if Henry did a burglary report, um, but nothing was taken from the house. She says something tells me this is all tied up in this nonsense, though. They're back at the cabin and they are tied up. And uh, Gus is like, dude, I got to go to the bathroom. Gus said, hold it like a man. And and Gus goes, I'll get a UTI. Like a man. (laughs) Gus is is the one saying like a man. Sean has to go to the bathroom. Oh. Yeah, it's a big old mess because then they're talking about like tucking their legs and rolling the two chairs down the hallway. (laughs) And Gus is like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) But Sean sees that Gus is strapped. And no, not strapped with a gun, with a cell phone. A second cell phone, one that didn't get taken away by Mark and the big boys. Because it's on his ankle. That is my work phone, Sean. You've already used up half of my minutes doing, I don't even remember what. Waiting on hold for concert tickets. (laughs) That was Tony, Tony, Tone, and what, what, what playing together. You know I can't resist that. The symmetry alone. The symmetry alone. I love that part. They're not really telling this part to Lassie and the chief and the SBPD. They're not telling them about the phone. Sean says, um, well, you see, I can um, psychically communicate uh, with certain people. My dad being one of them, Val Kilmer being the other. (laughs) Because we find out that eventually, through shenanigans, we got the phone off of Gus's ankle and used a 10-year-old paper mate. Eraser mate. Eraser mate pen to dial. <laughs> First, they called Foo's Palace, which was a Chinese food restaurant. And Uncle Jack offers him a 50 50 split on the treasure if he helps them out. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> calm down. But they do finally get in touch with Henry. And, and he Sean up. started the message with that electric wrench that you really wanted is back in stock at Home Depot. And oh, yeah, we're stuck. I think they keep saying that it's um, at a cabin off of Tunnel Road. Yes. While they're talking, Henry picks up the phone 
And he was like listening to the message. He picks up the phone and that's when we see that his house had been ransacked. That was the burglary report that he had put in that uh, no, nothing was taken from. However, that's not, no. So when he answers the phone, that's not when his house is ransacked. It's when he gets the boys and Jack back to his house and they're all looking at the ransacked house. And that's when it's Monday at 4.15 p.m. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have that happening while they're on the phone. And then no, because, because it's right. It's right by the answering machine. He's on the phone when he's talking to him, and oh, that, it's right by the internet. It might machine. be in both then, because uh, I don't think the house is ransacked until after they get back to it, because Henry leaves to pick them up. His house gets burglarized. But what but, Kaylee and I are secretly <laughs> talking about is that right next to the phone, there's a pineapple. It's a little plastic pineapple. That I think might be the same pineapple that we saw in the um, Big Boys, Little Boys episode, the Beitner School episode. Ooh, really? There were these little plastic pineapples that were in the back of the of the back of the scene. I think it might be the same one. Oh, I know what you're talking about, the tiki bar thingy. Sean does another little psych out moment because they were looking for something that they don't seem to have found, and. He divines that it's something that Jack didn't bring along or show off to anyone because he didn't want it associated at all with the Bouchard treasure hunt and the map. When that is happening, Uncle Jack is like, dude, you can't snow the snowman. You can tell that Uncle Jack at this point is completely doubting the fact that Sean is psychic. Excuse you. He's proved it already, (laughs) you snowman. But... In order to make sure that he believes it, after that psychic divination that Kaylee just talked about, he does, in fact, go through all of these things, gets a flashback to when they originally arrived and found Uncle Jack in the house, and screams, beans, coffee, or no, I'm sorry, beans, and then you drink it, and then you have gas, coffee, coffee table, Um, goes to the coffee table and finds a key. Uncle Jack is like, dude, that's useless. There is the key is useless without the map. Oh, ho, ho. but it's all stored psychically in Sean's brain, so he knows right where they need to go. Back to the mission. They want Henry to go with them, and Henry's like, uh, no. And they finally are like, hey, no, we need your truck because the blueberry is stuck at the lighthouse, um, and Mark still has the keys. And then. Uncle Jack comes back with, okay, so here's the plan. Now, they typically call it hot wiring, but, and then Henry reappears from around the corner and is like, all right, I'm in, just just to avoid crimes being occurred. Or- no more surprises, and when I say, we call the police. I, I support this. Sean continues to have his psychic moment and goes, the key will guide us now. <laughs> and once again, Uncle Jack screams, 50-50 split between me and you guys. Ugh. So they leave the home, and then we find um, a car following them filled with some Spanish-speaking gentlemen. They're also in suits. I just want to point that out. Monday, 5 p.m., at the old Bell Tower location. So that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so they must go back in time. Sean does this brain mapping out of where the old Bell Tower location actually was and very dramatically with adventure music starts map traveling around Santa Barbara. So this is when I saw Coda Street and I was like, oh, that's the street with the burrito place that he likes. Oh. Yeah. He screams, the Bell Tower is calling me. And (laughs) while he's kind of like fast walking and everyone's trying to run, Henry goes, hey, hold up, let me catch up, and he runs into a door. That, yeah, I, I was And like, I think that's where he almost fractured his skull. Oh. But I'm sorry, running into the door, running into a door that's open on hinges is not going to fracture your skull. The next part is about the pennies, right? Um, or is that when we're on the roof? Is it on the well, roof? Well, there's only, there's one more, there's one more um, fun fact here. Okay. They end up in front of white rock mufflers and um they're actually filming 
this scene in White Rock, British Columbia, which is just outside of Vancouver. And that's why they're in front of White Rock Mufflers. Oh my god. Yes. There we go. I love that fun fact. Okay, okay, okay. So this is the part, because we're in front of the muffler shop, and then we're on top of the muffler shop. Yes. Right? So the then- owner this is- Alv- The owner, Alvin, said that they could take as much time as they need, and Jack offered him a 50-50 split on the treasure. Okay, but before Gus and Jack show up, Sean asks Henry if he's doing okay. And so mm-hmm. I thought that something off camera happened as they were traveling through the muffler shop with like oh. a car or something. Like I no. I completely didn't get the door thing because it didn't, it looked like a pratfall moment. You know what yeah. I mean? It didn't look that serious. He did have a bandaid on his head at that point, but yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where he okay. didn't even kind of fracture his skull. So can we talk about the pennies? I don't have it written down. This I is, just wrote pennies. This is where I've got the pennies. Um, <laughs> okay. Uncle Jack said, I also gave him an 82 penny. That's the first year they use zinc instead of copper. What is and with Gus the asks about the pennies. <laughs> Henry said Jack was always interested in history, and the pennies were his way of being part of history. But leaving the pennies was his own personal philosophy. And and we kind of like Sean starts talking and it fades into Jack, and he said, "I leave the penny because it's good luck, and we could all use a little luck." But he's still making it about him, which yeah, still makes sure. it narcissism. <laughs> yep. So we're gazing off of the muffler shop into the distance and Sean's looking at these two sort of bluffs in the distance on two sides of like sort of the bay, I guess, where they where they are. I don't know what that's called. If I were a French pilot, if I were a French pirate with a bad temper and at least one venereal disease, where would I be looking? And then Sean's like, "Ooh, I know this. And then we get down and... Mark and the thugs are near the bushes holding the map. Like, these guys never close the map. They're always just holding the map out. <laughs> we get this hilarious chase scene with this, like, very dramatic traveling music. And it's just, like, it's very funny. This this ending part of the episode, I have written multiple times, forest romp. <laughs> and it's a very Pacific Northwest forest that they're running through. They are, as they're running, Gus falls because his puma, his other puma, nope, this is when his original puma gets stuck in the mud. This is when he loses it. And he's like, Sean, Sean. And then he's like, I can't leave my puma. And then they just pull him out and keep running because the thugs are gaining on them. Uncle Jack drops the bag. Sean grabs the bag. They're at the bluff. And then up comes a helicopter. And I just wrote, suits. And then... Sean says something to Uncle Jack, but Uncle Jack's gone. Then he looks at Gus and said, I know this probably isn't the right time to say this, but dude, I'm thinking we're going to get to ride in a helicopter. (laughs) And then Tuesday morning, the present. And, um, oh, oh, I, okay. So we're still in the interrogation room, but it's now, it's like fully Tuesday morning, like proper. And, um... The next thing, I know I'm missing something. The The suit comes in and he's like, all right, we're going to have these guys come with us to do a thing. And Chief is giving a lot of pushback because she wants her detectives there. Like, this is still their city. This is their employee. And um, suit guy says, do I need to show you the letter from the U.S. Treasury Department again? And how it gives me, like, the power to call the shots here. That's when we actually get introduced to him. His name is Andreas Candelari, and he works for the Spanish government. And he's part of a special task force that has been sent to recover stolen antiquities. And um, wants Sean to tell him where he can find the treasure. <laughs> so, so Andreas wants Sean to help them find the treasure. The, his men have been searching the bluffs all night, and he can't find it. So Sean psychically recalls the map and he sees additional letters that stood out on the um, lower part of the map that he didn't highlight earlier. And they spell out something that means caves. Yes. Yes, it's Spanish or something. Or yes. So what happened was Bouchard was French, but he was obsessed with Spanish gold and the um, local indigenous peoples of uh California so they're like ah yes this makes so much sense and 
the spirits are guiding my man paw and sean takes a marker off the table and starts writing on the two-way glass and he he writes oh and he says this is just like the movie idle hands but without the nudity so i must be unwatchable right now burn first of all (laughs) poor devon sawa um he looked at the guy and he was like you stopped one step short the treasure is not in the bluffs, che. <sighs> and then they're all kind of working together and they realize that what the word meant was painted caves. And then somebody remembers that Bouchard was obsessed with the Chumash Indians. And then Henry says, oh, yeah, I know those caves. We used to roust punks from those caves when I was on the force. <laughs> Sean says, thank you, Jack, Jack Lord. <laughs> Which is a Hawaii Five-O reference. We had to look it up, but I'm very, I'm very glad that we did. <laughs> Sean said, we will now lead you to the treasure. Sean is like ready to take the suits, but Chief Vic is like, oh, no, 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 no. These guys are my team members. If they go, we're going. And that's when we get the U.S. Treasury letter and the posturing and the Spanish government like power stance. They're like, fine, whatever. Sean is leaving with the suits and on the way out runs into Juliet and fully like, oh, like so forearm sorry. checks her. Yeah. But don't worry because we end up at the caves and Sean and Gus are digging. Once now, again. Why are Sean and Gus the only ones digging for this? Because the government guys aren't getting their government black suits. Dirty Alexis. But Gus, you're getting your pants dirt totally dirty and you don't even care. I'm so proud of you. Oh, he's in it for the treasure hunt. This moment, that that line right there, I'm so proud of you. I've wanted that to be a come on, son, for so, like, so badly. Aww. And you're getting your pants totally dirty and you don't even care. Come on, son. <laughs> I think the reason we don't have that yet is because we have to know that it means... Yeah, boy. <laughs> so we have to get like the foundation of the. I'm okay. so proud of That's you. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. They find oh. the treasure. Yeah, we get it. It says H B. And it's a massive chest. That could be for Hippolyte de Bouchard or, or Harry Belafonte. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. Sean is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Not so fast, government suits. See, there are three things that you don't know that I know. Uno, the secret of Nim and the secret to my success, the same secret. Dos, you don't work for the Spanish government. And tres, these caves are really slippery. And then he throws the shovel at the henchmen and then they book it. (laughs) Run away! And then I wrote forest romp. (laughs) Yeah, it's like spy music this time. Um, and Gus is like, why are we running? What is happening, Sean? <laughs> but then the thugs are coming. And so they're running from the thugs. And yeah, it's Mark and suits. goons. And, and, and suits and goons. Goons And is then Gus loses <laughs> his other puma. Oh, my God. So then the boys get separated. They meet back up. It's a whole razzle-dazzle. And then they're booking it for this clearing. And then into the clearing rushes Uncle Jack in a car. And then... He's like, I've been tracking you boys the whole time. I knew you'd get away and get the gold and blah, blah, blah. You, you should give it to me. No, no, no. Don't get in the car. Just give it to me. We should split up for your safety. They won't go after you without the gold. Yeah, you're in zero danger. So Sean, like, throws in the bag and Gus is like, WTF, man. And then Uncle Jack said, remember that place I used to take you as a kid? Get your burgers and shakes. And Sean said, yeah, it's a red robin now. It's still there. No, he said it's a red robin. It's still there. Okay. Okay. Uh. (laughs) Season finale of season two. He was like, what does one even get at a red robin? Like he'd never been there before. He gets burgers and shakes. Duh. (laughs) Also, do you think red robin is a sponsor of this show? I don't know because Duncan clearly was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we get a full-on, like, shot of the Red Robin later, and we talk about how delicious their strawberry shakes are. But Henry like, would prefer the vanilla. Yeah. like <laughs> I, I, mm, But yes, that baffles me. Like, 
he was supposed to go on the date with the museum curator, but didn't know what to get the Red Robin because he didn't know what a Red Robin was. Urgh. I think okay, it's sorry. just excuses to say Red Robin, but Yum. Captain, J- <laughs> Captain Jack says, be there in one hour. I will meet you. I will be there. And then he drives off. Yeehaw! And speeds away. Then we get a, a kind of Mexican standoff. But Sean and Gus don't actually have guns. And then Sean says, if there were doves flying, this would totally be a John Woo movie right now. We get... Um, the suit, who we find out's name, isn't he the real Espinoza? Like his name isn't... Cassowary <gasps> or whatever? <laughs> that would make total sense. Okay, so anyway, the suit runs up and he goes, oh, I'm going to kill Jack. And then we find out that he was Jack's partner. And then Mark was like, we're his partner. And Sean's like, guys, guess what? We're all his partners. Technically, Iron Giant guy was right. He was all of our partners. Oh, and also the guy from the muffler shop and the guy from Foo Palace or, or, or whatever. <laughs> Sean and Gus are like, okay, if we're good here, uh, I'm going to go. Thanks. Is it Mark who has the bright idea to ransom the nephew and then um, Sean starts stalling. I forget what he what he starts doing, but then the SBPD is coming in hot. And we get a drop it, hands in the air. And this beautiful kind of head nod between Sean and Henry, where Henry's like, I'm happy you're, sh- you're safe. And Sean is like, I'm happy you're here. Mm. It's very heartwarming. Mm. So Gus is like, Sean, I don't usually curse. So you know I'm serious when I say, what the hell is going on? I thought you weren't a fan of the wrap-up. All right, I'll give it to you. The suits aren't Spanish. They're Argentinian. No one knows how, or Gus doesn't know how Sean knows that they're Argentinian, but Henry knows because uh, he remembers that Henry used to work at a wine shop in Argentina. He kept the postcards. He uses them as coasters. Sean Sean worked at the vineyard. Ah, did I say Henry? You said Henry. It was Uh, cute, though. It was Sean. Okay. (laughs) Sean called the suit Che, which was a slang term that they often used in Argentina for buddy or pal. And when the guy reacted, he knew he he was from Argentina. It's like how uh, he calls Gus Blackstar or Home Skillet or Big Baby Bird. Big Baby Burton? Oh, I I wrote Bird. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but the Gus... only one that Gus is upset about is home skillet. Sean bumped into Juliet. He dropped a note into her pocket to let them know that Andreas was not who he said he was. In fact, the note said, Andreas is not real. Follow us. You smell nice. And he says, and she knew just what to do with it. And then we get this like eye contact nod between them from a distance. It's very cute. Henry just wants to go... So he's, like, out. Sean is finally like, did you really pay $200 for those shoes? And Gus says no. They were, like, 80 bucks. But I had $32 left on my gift card. A a gift card to Foot Locker, in in fact. And Sean was like, I'm in for half. And we'll get some jerk chicken on the way home. I wrote that, too. So our last scene is at the Red Robin. Yum. <laughs> Red Robin, if you want to sponsor us, like, I would be on board for that. Oh, I know for a fact they've got vegan options. Hi. Oh. <laughs> uh, the last time I was in a Red Robin, it was like cheese month. And you could get like a burger that was just like had was covered in melted cheese. I remember they have really good sweet potato fries. Yeah, they do. That's true. Okay. So... At the Red Robin, Sean is sitting alone. With a milkshake and the remnants of food of some kind. Henry shows up, and he's like, oh, you had a strawberry shake? I would have gone with vanilla. And Sean says, you've really got to try this, though. It's like the best shake ever. One part ice cream, two Two parts parts awesome. (laughs) So Jack didn't show, and after about an hour, um, Gus didn't want to wait around for somebody who wasn't going to show. And so Henry came to pick Sean up again. You aren't the first to get duped, and you certainly won't be the last. Welcome to the club, kid. And Sean was like, why didn't you ever, like, tell me about Uncle Jack when I was a kid? 
Henry didn't blow Jack in because he really, he wanted Sean to have that experience of having the fun uncle in his life who could blow into town, have an adventure, blow out of town until next time. And the only thing that he really didn't want was for Sean to end up like Jack. So that's why he was kind of hard on Sean. Sean said, well, I didn't. Not totally. (laughs) And then we get more of the penny thing. So apparently Sean's grandpa did the penny thing and he taught it to Henry and Henry showed it to Jack and then Jack took it to the next level. This whole time, Henry finally is just like, listen, I cannot believe he got away with the gold. You've got to think that someday all of this touch, all of this stuff is going to catch up with him, huh? Mm, he didn't really get away with the gold. And Sean just plops a handful of like old Spanish doubloons on the table. <laughs> Henry's reaction is my favorite because he just like he like just slack jaws and then goes does Gus know about this <laughs> like Sean's having some sort of extramarital affair with this, this like these Spanish coins and Sean says yeah I mean after we gave most of it to a museum Gus has the rest and then we get a shot of Jack in the car being all woohoo and actually pouring out the contents of the book bag rucksack thingy that Sean tossed to him and it's simply a bag of rocks and a single penny. Ooh, and he we get a well-played, Shawnee boy. And then there's this smile. And I, I want to know your thoughts on this smile. Because part of that is, like, I'm proud of him. And part of it is, like, let the next adventure begin. And part of it is just, like... I'm so angry that I don't know what to do besides smile. What are your what are your thoughts on his smile? I think all of those are true at once. Like I think this is the most that narcissist has felt. <laughs> it just it's just like yes, Sean beat him at his own game. He conned the con man. It's very like the sting with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. It's it's pride. It's it's I can't believe it my pride can't believe it like my ego cannot accept this but also i need to laugh about it (laughs) (laughs) especially the single penny part like i thought that was a really nice touch yeah and that's i'm gathering when he and gus got separated and then ran back together like he just stashed it in the woods gobbled Mm -hmm. up some you know rocks into the rucksack and oh i loved it Good use of the word rucksack. I like it. I also enjoyed um, this closing because the episodes don't traditionally end on the guest star. They're more likely to end like with Sean and Gus or with Henry or with like SPPD. And so for them to end it with with Uncle Jack, I think speaks to the character uh, and and like how much the people who wrote this respected like their guest star. That and it made it feel like, and I'm sad we didn't ever see like <laughs> Captain Jack again, <laughs> um, but it does open the door to more familial guest stars that like can have their big moment and show how foundational they are to these characters and like, and their personalities and history. And it just makes it feel so alive and rich and mm-hmm. dense. I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I like it. And I love, I love this. I love this duo, this Jack Henry duo and how different they are. And like, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is that a similar duo to a Sean and Gus duo? I gotta say, I like the found family duo more. Like, as much as I love palling around and being, like, two sides of the same coin with my own younger sibling, it's definitely different than than the buddy comedy that you and I have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Okay. Well, good episode. Um, okay. I Like I said, my, my biggest beef was that, like, making, making SBPD look dumb. But I agree with you. I think that was more of a clerical error, if you will. Yeah, that was, like, because... Sean is uninhibited by the red tape that, you know, Lassie and Jules and Chief all have to abide by. Like, he he was free to work around that. And I think that's always the case. Okay. I'm Alexis. 
this is Henry Spencer. Leave your name and number, but speak slowly because people talk too fast on these things and I can never understand it. And I'm Kaylee. Is that what you really want? You want to be Joey Bishop? And this has been... To the the blueberry. Blueberry! Psych out. Nice.